Are you tired of the same old pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 4,000 hours of the best pro wrestling events from over 110 of the biggest names in the industry from over 15 countries around the globe. Get your free trial today at powerslam.tv. The following is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to NXT Then Now Forever. I'm James Boyd, and I'm here with Social Suplex contributor Tom Gambardella. What's going on, man? Not a whole lot. You know, I... Uh... Usually, I'm not a big retro NXT watcher. Like, it hasn't really been in my uh, rotation. So, this got a chance to do a little bit of a deep dive this week. It was uh, watched a little bit like a fever dream, just seeing all the faces <laughs> that I've seen on Raw and SmackDown for a couple of years. But, uh, yeah, it was a good time. So Yeah, this was the first episode I could think of where every single person that was on this show I've seen since I've started doing this show since NXT arrival. Uh-huh. So, there's really not a... Um, any time where we can kind of like dig into where this person is now or where they aren't or whatever else. But, but yeah, it was a, you know, it was an NXT show. I said we actually got a really good main event. Yeah, it was actually a very solid match. Yeah. I think the one, uh, the one name that popped me a little bit or thing that popped me a little bit was Yoshitatsu just being from Japan. Like, I don't know why that <laughs> this is like, I don't know, or just the general country. We don't need to get any more specific than that, but that's, that's just where he's coming out of. <laughs> yes, and then they they were asking Jason Albert. He's like, "You're from Japan. What do you think about uh, yeah. Yoshi Tatsu?" And he goes, "Well, yeah, I remember he was in the dojo. Which dojo? <laughs> yeah, this is the one, the one they have over there. They have like the giant Japanese flag on his tights too, just in case you didn't get it. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. They definitely did that. that that's the thing. It's in pro sports, or I'm sorry, fake pro sports is they they love to just throw flags on people, and that's oh, yeah. it. Is like. Okay, you're from New York, right, Tom? Yeah. I'm from Florida. Yeah. There's hella difference between Florida and New York. Like, even inside of New York, even oh, inside of sure. Florida. Like, yeah. there are dudes that live 20 minutes from me. I'm not claiming none of them. It's <laughs> fine. It's cool or whatever else. But, like, nah. But, yeah. you know, just just put the flag on it. It's all good, yeah. I guess. Yeah. I even Neville had one in this episode, too, in the main event. He's yeah. got the British flag on. Right. And it's like, I mean, it, think of all the different, um, by being a wrestling fan or whatever else, how many yeah. different accents you hear, like, out of the UK. It's like, come on now. Oh, there's so many. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, we're just going to start off with five weeks ago's NXT. Well, oh, man. Face first off the top turnbuckle. Oh, what a shot. <laughs> that one will rattle your jaw. <laughs> I don't think anyone's home right now in Bo Dallas's camp. Oh, what's he doing now? This could be bad. This could be the end. What's he doing? Oh, Bo Dallas in this match. Neville. The man gravity. Go up top. Oh, oh, you got to be kidding me. Where did he pull that one out? He did it. NXT number 214 from March 27th, 2014. We get a video recap of the main event ladder match from a rival between Neville and Bo to promote the main event for this show. 
Uh, then we get Mojo Raleigh versus CJ Parker. Parker starts the match by landing some chops and then a Booker T like crescent kick. Runs Mojo head first from corner to corner. Uh, Parker runs to the opposite corner, but Mojo catches him with a stinger splash, then another stinger splash, and then a hip attack, then a running jumping ass drop for the win. Yeah, I'm getting real sick of these Mojo squash matches. They're all the same. It's stinger splash, stinger splash, hip attack, ass drop. It was weird for me watching this back and just being like, oh no, that's that's just the Mojo Raleigh. Like, this isn't some sort of like big different, like, oh yeah, this is like a pre-evolved version of his character. Like, no, this is just, there's a Mojo Raleigh and that was it. Yeah. I mean, and now it's still the same thing, except now, like, he's locked in the, in a room, a cold, dark room, and he's talking to himself in the mirror, and, like, I don't think when he comes out, he's gonna be unleashed and repackaged. He's just gonna bring his goofy ass out there and be hyped and run around and be Yeah, no, I feel like... Thoroughly mediocre. Oh, yeah, we're never, like, more than two weeks from getting same old hype bros Mojo Rollins <laughs> rolled out again. Like, I just think that's... <laughs> That's in Vince's back pocket, ready to go. Yeah, so, correct me if I'm wrong, what was the resolution, like, how did that end? Like, I remember he turned on Ryder, and then he whooped that ass, and was that just it? Yeah, I don't I don't think we got a resolution to that. I feel like it was just, he, uh, he turned on Zack Ryder, he started talking to himself, and I think he's still just in the rooms talking to himself. I mean... Until I am told otherwise on WWE television, that is what I'm going to assume because that's just more fun. Um, the one thing I will say from this match that I that kind of jumped out at me is I feel like Puka Shells and Peace Sign Tights CJ Parker could get like weirdly over in today's NXT. Like we just saw Eric Bugenhagen get weird internet following two weeks ago from just hitting high notes. If he comes yeah. out, if CJ Parker comes out and does the wacky inflatable like car dealership dance on the entrance <laughs> ramp. Somebody's gonna go along with that in full sale. Yeah, um, but it, yeah, it would get over. Um, if you make him, I wonder though, because it's Vince McMahon's WWE. I don't know if you can ever make that guy a baby face that he should be. So I don't That's know true, if it gets yeah. over that well as much as it is like, oh, it's a white guy with dreads. No, thank you. <laughs> Yuck. Um, yeah, so. Uh, it could work, but mm-hmm. I don't know if they ever in the previous iteration used CJ Parker as a babyface, but I only know him as this environmental asshole. So, yeah. who knows? <laughs> so then we get a health update for Sami Zayn after getting jumped by Corey Graves on last week's episode. It appears to be a mild concussion, but further tests will be conducted. It's funny to see that it's, um, it's Dr. Amen, and you're just like, mm, oh. <laughs> you're checking on people's concussions, huh? Oh. I bet you are, yeah. Is this a rib? Because this is only like three months after, or two, three months after the CM Punk thing. It's just like... Oh, yeah. It's like, jeez. Yeah. Uh, so then we get an Undertaker-Lesnar-WrestleMania 30 commercial. We then get a Scooby-Doo-WrestleMania mystery commercial. <laughs> Out comes Xavier Woods, and he walks down to the ring without dancing. Apparently, he's tired of getting his ass whooped on. Serious <laughs> Xavier Woods. Yeah. Yeah, what was what is the old Lance Storm thing? If you allow me to be serious for a moment, that what it was. I think that's what it was. Yeah. Yeah, it's like serious Xavier Woods. He's got the nope. Mojo Raleigh repackage going. Ugh. <laughs> oh, 
that's so insulting to Xavier Woods. <laughs> so, so then we get Xavier Woods versus Tyler Breeze. These two idiots lock up. Uh, then Xavier, who's been getting his ass whooped by Rusev and Breeze for weeks, does a clean rope break after backing Breeze into the ropes. Breeze then immediately uh, kicks his dummy in the gut. Xavier comes off the t- off the ropes with a spinning head scissors, and Breeze takes an ugly bump for it like he was getting spiked oh, DDT'd. Yeah. Um, the commentary teams refers to uh, Xavier Woods' ex over and over. Uh, Wood lands a shining wizard and sets up for his finish, but Breeze realizes and ducks towards the corner. Woods then tries to get Breeze out of the ropes and finally does, but Breeze lands on his feet and catches Woods with a spinning heel kick for the win. Dummy. Like, <laughs> just, I, just dumb, dumb baby facery. Um, In WWE, so, it can't be. Yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> I will say, my, uh, my notes for this match go... Number one, pre-selfie stick Tyler Breeze. Number two, Riley bringing up Eddie Murphy for some reason. I didn't quite get that one. He said if you look at the word charisma in the the dictionary, a picture of Eddie Murphy would be right next to it. And then the next picture would be Xavier Woods, who is not being charismatic, not flashy, not dancing, not showing much fire throughout his whole match. It was kind of like, you should have saved that one, my guy. The whole story is that he's not doing that, but yeah, sure, we're uh, yeah. we're getting the Eddie Murphy uh, comparisons. Yeah, because they're Although, black. The... Because they're black, Tom. Yeah. Because they're black. Sure. Yes. I, uh... <laughs> right so... itself. <laughs> uh... Yeah, but yeah, what was uh, Breeze did some sort of like bulldog into the turnbuckle kind of spot? Yes. I saw that. Yes, it was... that one down. it's similar to like uh, how Miz does that clothesline in the corner and hangs on the ropes, except yeah. he did it with a guy in a bulldog position and he ended up like in theory, um, knocking the top of uh, Xavier's head against the top turnbuckle. That was cool. Yeah, no, it felt like, I feel like I saw it a couple times on this show because I think, and we'll get to it a little bit in the this week's NXT, but I feel like a lot of the like performance center only guys that are coming through now, it's like their moveset will be, oh, how do we make this like still not easy, but like more basic looking spot, like look a little bit, better or like spice it up a little bit make it something you might not have seen and i feel like that was like every match on this show somebody was doing something like that where it's like all right yeah we're just gonna tweak that a little bit but that was the one that stood out to me the most so i guess good on breeze for that yeah uh yeah yeah and also especially around that era where we still have like um like the divas eras per se yeah like you hear any of them talking about their time in developmental or on the road and Uh they're constantly told that they have to have these. Um, they have to have their own signature flair to their own moves because wow. one, they don't really let them wrestle or have physicality, especially back then. Yeah. So you have to have a flair to any old move to kind of set yourself apart. And I'm assuming they kind of told that to the NXTers back then too, as well. But I mean, any old thing helps or you break yeah. up the monotony. Oh, yeah, Especially sure. when, like, the layout of these matches are all still the same. So, like, please, yeah. please put some, you know, sizzle you on this, you know, on the fourth stick I've seen tonight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we go backstage uh, for the Bo Dallas interview, and Bo says that Neville has a championship because he climbed a ladder and hooked it from a latch, but he didn't beat him. He didn't pin him. Uh, he says he's better at climbing. But luckily, this isn't a jungle gym competition, and he says he'll be the NXT champion again, and you can believe that. 
So I take it Bo Dallas did not watch the uh, Sami Zayn versus Bobby Lashley feud at all. Uh, no Jungle Gym competitions in this NXT. Sami Zayn did do the Jungle Gym against Lashley, right? Was that? I I was gone. I, <laughs> I was gone this time. That's when I took the high Otis. I was like, oh, yeah. wow. That's I what she did Roman Reigns? All right. It was on one of the ends of the Lashley sister segment, which is a whole separate right. discussion. But it was, yeah, Sami Zayn came out and did some sort of obstacle course. And then, right, uh, right. I heard Bobby about Lashley this. came out and all, yeah, but Lashley also did the obstacle yeah. course. So, yeah, guess yeah, Bo and, has not seen that feud. Uh, yeah, and apparently, like, that's the most impressive thing Bobby Lashley has done in this year since he's been back. So, there's that, yeah. too. <laughs> um, so, we get Yoshi Tazi versus Corey Graves. They take turns throwing punches, and then Yoshi gets separation. It comes off the second rope with a head chop, and it just it just made me think of Brian Arez talking about, uh, oh, General Hall, you know, he's, yep. like, he's chopping, and he's chopping. But anyway, <laughs> so the ref then pulls Yoshi off of Graves because Graves is getting his ass whipped in the corner, and he comes back, and Graves buckles Yoshi's leg with a back kick to the knee. Graves starts working over that bad leg. And then Yoshi fights back with some chops until Graves gives a shoulder block and then slaps on this modified inverted figure four reverse Indian death lock looking deal for the submission. It was a cool looking submission. Someone still Yeah, no, it was one I had not seen before. Yeah. Uh, I know during commentary for this match, uh, I forget who it was. I think it might have been Alex Riley who was like, you may never see Raw, and Sm- Raw or SmackDown if you're in NXT, which is, uh, first of all, in yeah. ironic thing to say during a Corey Graves match, but also <laughs> given the current state of NXT compared to Raw and SmackDown, you might hope you don't see Raw or SmackDown. Yeah. That not hoping you get injured, obviously. Hope just, yes. you know, with the state of the booking. <sighs> yeah. Or, you know, they can bring you up to NXT knowing that you're gonna need neck surgery and then it fucks off a two year build. So there's that too. A terrible Jesus move on multiple fronts. Yeah. And you know the you know the whole story on that is going to be like whenever people sit down and talk about it or get their news research, it's going to come back to Vince wanted these guys up and he didn't care, and then yeah. there you go. Yeah, but we can't say that. We have to. Yeah, we have to tell the line of, oh no, yeah. I wanted to get a main roster experience. Yeah, yeah. you know, wrestling for fifteen years, you know. Yeah, still yeah. a little bit green around the edges. Yeah, it That's can't be. It. it can't be that somebody has a neck surgery immediately after and more matches means more bumps which means it's gonna possibly get worse it's just gotta be Mr. Man is a wrestling genius <laughs> as you know the sniffing is people you know yeah. coat blowing up their nose anyway <laughs> so Graves gets on the mic and says that Sami Zayn last week I don't I think you got the message don't be a fool stay down He's so he's so dangerous and mean and brooding and with his knuckle tattoos yes. that he flashes to the entire crowd in a three sixty. Like <laughs> I don't I don't know Graves' background, but the tattoos and the stay down stuff and the way he wrestles, it's just like he strikes me as a poser. I I don't know how it how it takes to you, but it's just like okay. Nah, I think I think that's a pretty good assessment of it. Yeah. Okay. I mean, whatever. Okay, so then we get a WCW Greatest Pay-Per-View Matches Volume 1 DVD, and then we get a Cena Wyatt uh, WrestleMania commercial. Um, and then we get Natalia versus Charlotte. Sasha comes down to ringside with Charlotte. We f- Then finally, at the 30-minute mark, we get a shot of 
the commentary table to see who the hell's been talking to us for the last half hour. And then from left to right, it's Alex Riley, Tom Phillips, Jason Albert, and Renee Young, who just now joins us because women are about to wrestle. Um, so then but we get Tom Phillips too, looking like my twelve-year-old cousin. Oh yeah, like every single time when they show a shot of Tom Phillips, I'm thinking of a new way to make a joke. Like I think the last week or two weeks ago, I said he looks like he's fresh off his Mormon mission. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so yeah. So, so then uh, we get Bret Hart. He comes down to ringside with Natalia. So the match starts and. Natty and Charlotte take turns escaping each other's uh, leg scissor holds. Natty out wrestles her around the ring until Charlotte gets desperate and takes out Natty's knee with a kick. Charlotte works over the bad leg and goes for a figure four, but Natty turns into a cradle for a two count. Charlotte goes back to work on Natty's leg with a dragon screw leg whip, which I don't think I ever remember her doing before. She should bring it back because the dragon screw levels are devastating and awesome. That's Tanahashi. Yeah. So... Natty picks up um, or picks Charlotte's leg and turns this opportunity into a sharpshooter. We then get a shot of like Brett, like dryly approving of the counter. <laughs> He's like this emotionally withholding dad. That's like, like, good job. Like, not yay, good job. You did it. Just, just like a nod of approval, just stoic. He's like looking at it like a lawn. He freshly mowed, just looking at a wrestling yes. match that his dog, that his yes. niece is putting on. <laughs> like Brett's approval is like, like Brett's approval is like just like the height of toxic masculinity. Just like, yeah. just like, good job. Like I no, you doing stuff. Just like, good, get a nine. That's all you're getting out of me. Yeah, well done, pig. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so. As she slaps on the, the sharpshooter, uh, Sasha immediately hits the ring uh, for the DQ. Then Natty gets to her feet and whoops Sasha and then slaps the sharpshooter on her. And she gets out of the ring and uh, raises hands in celebration of victory with Brett. We get a backstage interview with um, Neville. And he says yeah. that Bo may be uh, diluted, but in the ring, he's no slouch. At the time, I was dubious after this match. I, I get it. Um, he says at the end of the day, he has the belt and the momentum behind him. and He's not going to let that change. Then we get uh, Zayn versus Graves announced for next week's show. And then we get Adrian Neville versus Bo Dallas for NXT title. Master I saw early with uh, Neville outclassing Bo early. And then he sets up for the Red Arrow. But Bo rolls out the ring. So Neville lands a moonsault off the top turnbuckle down to the bottom of the entrance ramp. Bo goes for a clothesline. But Neville turns into a crucifix cover for two. Bo ends up brewing a springboard attempt by shoving Neville to hail off a cliff down to the floor. That was a nasty bump. Yeah. There's something about me where I just I just love when people just get pushed off of like aprons or top ropes down to the floor. It just feels like it's almost like forget the choreographed shit. I'm gonna show yeah. you something rough, and that's a big ass bump. Yeah, and it yeah. feels so logical too. Just like all right, yeah, yes. this guy's going to the rope. Obviously, I'm pushing him down. Like yes. it makes a lot of sense psychologically. It's like fuck it, go to hell. <laughs> <laughs> so. <laughs> So yeah, Bo tells the ref not to count Neville out. So then Bo takes control with a clothesline out on the floor. Then he rolls Neville in the ring and then beats him on him with some punches. We go to commercial break. <laughs> match structure is match structure. Jesus. <sighs> commercial break in the middle of your main event on your paid for network. On your Jesus own network. <laughs> what the fuck is... Whatever, whatever, whatever. It's like... 
whatever. All right, so then we come back, and Bo goes back in control with another big clothesline. Neville goes for a slingshot uh, sunset flip, but Bo sits down on it with a Rana cradle and then grabs the ropes. The ref sees it and stops the count. And at this point, the match got to the point where I was like, okay, I can no longer just take regular notes. I have to, like, keep up with them because they're actually wrestling wrestling as opposed yeah. to what I thought was just, like, Bo can't keep up with that pace. Apparently yeah. he can't. So, or could. So, then from that point in time, Neville fires up with some forearm shots and kicks, and then an awesome-looking Superman punch off the top rope. Roman needs to steal this Superman punch off the top rope. It looked awesome. Um, they exchange huge forearm shots, and then tease a ref bump and end up uh, doing a roll-up from by Bo for a two. Neville lays Bo out with a head kick from the apron and goes for the Raider arrow, but Bo gets knees up immediately, goes for the cradle, and for a very good near fall. Bo struggles to lift Neville's carcass up for his double unhook DDT. Um, Neville escapes and goes for a tornado DDT, but Bo throws him off. Neville charges Bo in the corner, but Bo sidesteps and makes Neville eat the top turnbuckle. Bo then charges Neville in that same corner, but Neville lays his ass out with a perfectly planned and executed super kick that reverberated throughout the full cell arena. Neville then goes to the top rope and lands a freaking 0-5-4 for the win. Um, I didn't know people were doing that in 2014. <laughs> no, I did not think we were getting those sort of moves in WWE at that point. Like, yeah, I know that if Neville wanted to now, he could do it. It's just, I didn't think, no, that people were doing that move that long ago. Like, I remember, for example, to, to speak of how crazy that move is. Yeah. The first time I ever saw a Phoenix Splash was Seth Rollins at that 2015 Royal Rumble in that triple threat match with Cena yeah. and and um wrong or sorry Cena and Lesnar and I'm I was like way, right? yo this dude's a superstar <laughs> I, I, I couldn't believe <laughs> what I saw in my own eyes um and I know that coolest thing I've ever seen yes this is exactly what yeah. I was like this is the coolest oh, yeah. thing ever and then that's a super finisher and then I you know we go look at this and like oh yeah like people were doing like inverted 450s like nine it's months uh to that like it's crazy like no it's kind of fun to see too like them doing what's it called them booking neville because like you can kind of i watched basically dusty like dusty finals with ricochet and then watched this episode mm-hmm. and it's kind of cool to see that they like know how to handle that sort of like next generation high flyer better now i feel like right like neville the big one of the bigger moves he did in this match was the Superman punch off the top rope where it's like, oh yeah, he's doing a springboard move, but he's just flying higher than everybody. Right. Like that's cool. But then like they actually figured out how to work in like rolls and flips and whatnot into ricochets, just everyday moves. So yeah, I think that progression is kind of cool to see. Um, yeah. It was, I feel like for a little bit of this match, it felt like, all right, yeah, like Neville's going to be doing stuff. He'll like do some very cool moves and then Bo will just come back and it's a lariat or it's a shoulder block or whatever. But then like you said, yeah. like Bo actually fired it up to a level that I did not know yeah. he had. Yeah. And it's not that, that Bo is like some incredible technical Marvel or anything no. like that. But the fact that athletically he could keep pace with Neville while Neville is being Neville. Like yeah. I didn't, if you had told me that that existed on tape, I wouldn't have believed you. Until I would not have believed that at all. Right. Like, it's just, I, I saw the latter match, wasn't really impressed, saw, yeah. you know, a couple other matches, maybe, um, yeah. and then he gets moved to the next, he almost immediately, and just like, he's a, he's a fucking comedy geek. Like, I, 
you know. Have we since that bow, and aside from like the two week run where James Ellsworth did it, have we had like a true oblivious heel? Mm, oblivious heel. Because hmm. hmm. off the top of my head, I cannot think of one. An aloof oblivious heel. There's got to be somebody. Yeah. Um. Wow, great radio, but yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of some heels that are. I mean, you could kind of say Bray Wyatt with the, but yeah. you know, because every cult leader is a manner of aloof and oblivious to yeah. you know, and lack no self, no self. They're all the hero in their own yeah. mind. Yeah, and delusions. I'm sure there are others. I just can't think of. I mean, there's got to be like one or two. I mean. Who's the last heel that we've had that thought he was a good guy? And there's had to be someone uh, recently. Yeah, no, like, folks at home, this airspace, you can do your own Googling and whatnot. Yeah, they're probably oh, screaming at us. Like, you yeah, idiot, no, you forgot about Wrestler X. I mean, uh, I guess you could say, I mean, on NXT at least, Johnny, uh, after, in that in the end of last year. Yeah, no, that. Johnny, when he yeah. did turn, it felt like a very, no, this is a necessary thing. Yeah. Yeah, I guess you could say Johnny. It was just a kind of spot that jumped out at me because I don't like... It's like a type of heel we just don't get very often. Uh, So, yeah. And I think you mean more of somebody that's um, more obvious as opposed to somebody that just is, I guess, lost his way, for lack of a better word. Yeah. Lack lack of a better phrase. Yeah, but we'll be back with next week's NXT. My God, this week's NXT. (laughs) I wasn't handed... I wasn't handed a top spot and a group of cronies to fight my battles for me since day one. I wouldn't change a thing about who I am and where I've been. I wouldn't change a thing about these past four years because it's made me appreciate where I'm going. And where I'm going is the main event of TakeOver New York, where I will fight, I will fight to make my dream come true. I will fight to fulfill my destiny. And Johnny Wrestling will finally, finally become NXT Champion. Welcome back. We're here with a review for this week's NXT. WWE NXT 498 March 26? No, I'm sorry. 27th, 2019. Um, the show opens with Adam Cole. The street closed. He's coming down with the ring for a promo. We get He calls out Johnny. Um, they face off in the ring. The crowd does dueling Johnny wrestling Adam Cole chants for, like, forever. <laughs> yeah, no, that stayed on for a while. Uh, yeah. I mean, Cole did a good job of trying to, like, shut that down and get into the promo. But, like, they were going at it for a long time. Uh, yeah, he tried, but it's like, shut up and let the crowd go back and forth. It's not like they're going to go on forever. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and also, like, you can have, um, they can cut yeah. that down. But yeah. the last time I remember doing shit like that in all of WWE was probably Cena and AJ the first time. Yeah, the first time when Gallows and Anderson come out and then AJ hits the Lariat. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, that's the last time I remember that being that intense. Yeah, so, I mean, it's good news for them as far as, like, coming off the downer of this dude's neck. is He's done, so yeah. you got to come up with a program in three weeks. Good luck. Yeah, no, for a match that they get, like, two episodes to build, they did really work at building it in this segment. I mean, 
they gave Gargano what I felt like was the felt a lot like the Drew McIntyre promo before. I think it was Brooklyn two, Brooklyn two or three. three. Brooklyn three, three, where it's just this, this is that guy's NXT, and it's like you get the all right, yeah, no, this this guy's about to win the title sort of promo. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, they were really working their ass off to build a match on no notice. Yeah, exactly. They did, they did better than I thought you were going to it. Like, I didn't know oh, yeah. that Johnny was going to pull this one out of his ass. So, anyway, uh, Gargano dared Cole to list all the reasons that he will beat him at TakeOver because before he said, I have a million reasons or a thousand reasons why I'll beat this guy. And then uh, Cole just stared at him because he's like, you really thought I was going to make a thousand? Like, don't be an asshole. Anyway, <laughs> Gargano said that uh, Cole was at a loss for words uh, for the first time in NXT history. Um, Gargano then cut a promo saying that his path leads him to the NXT title and Cole will, I'm sorry, and, um, Cole will meet Johnny Takeover, baby, that made me cringe. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, uh, Cole mocks Gargano saying that, uh, am I supposed to be frightened by you? And then Cole pointed out that Gargano's, uh, win-loss record at Takeovers and then called him Johnny Participation. And I found that to be really rich considering if you looked at Adam Cole's Takeover record as well. Also <laughs> not remarkable, yeah. Yes, it's, it's like pot, call, kettle. <laughs> so, so then Cole, like, just ignored his win-loss record and stated, like, the top, his successes and none of his failures, of course, because he's a heel and he's evil. So, well, this is, this um, is Cole getting ahead on his main roster booking because wins and losses don't matter up there. So no, he's really just, he's developed past NXT. Yes. Like, I think that the best promo I've heard this year to encapsulate WWE's idea of booking is uh, Gargano, like, right before Phoenix, um, yeah. he goes... It's 2019, and it's all about wins and championships. <laughs> like, never mind the L's you catch. It's all about these dubs. Like, you can eat as many pins as you need yes. to or don't need to. But yes. as long as you get a win, that's what matters. Yes. Like, it, and then it made me think of, like, uh, the Charlotte thing this week where Charlotte, she literally hasn't won a match since late November on television or pay-per-view. And then she gets, not only does she get a fucking title shot out of nowhere, she wins the title. And I'm just like, see, wins in championships. Never mind all the failures. Like, fuck everything else. Win, 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 win. (laughs) So, so then, um, we get, we get Gargano's reply to and tells his underdog story of making a WWE and says uh, how many times he was told no and how many times he worked, tried out or did whatever with WWE. They told him no. And then the only thing that kept uh, giving him opportunities was the crowd always had this connection with him. And he said he f- finally um, teamed with Ciampa by chance and um, they clawed their ways to spots on the NXT roster and then Gargano goes more babyface, t- turns more of the babyfacery on, and he says that uh, he fights for everyone who was told they could not make it, and he insists that uh, he's earned all his accomplishments and he earned everything because this is life, and he's earned everything without being a hand at a top spot, or he didn't have anything handed to him with the help of his cronies to help fight his battles. And then Gargano uh, ends by saying that he's going to win the NXT title, and then Cole. The crowd is just kind of like shook, like, yo, this is the babyface promo we've been waiting for all our lives. And then um, 
Cole leaves the ring almost like on some eight mile shit where like it's time for Papa Doc to cut his verse after the, after the final battle. He's like, I, I ain't got nothing. So he leaves the ring, uh, turns around on the ramp and he says, he goes and says, that's a real inspirational story, Johnny. It's like watching a Lifetime movie. He said he said he could fight all he wants, but Cole vowed to Gargano that, uh, that he'll be the next NXT champion. And he then says, for this reason. And then all of a sudden, you see Fish... O'Reilly and Strong at the top of the ramp, and then his music hits. It, yeah, I, I'm still trying to work through in my head how those three play in. I feel like we don't actually get a fall out of them, but like a near fall because that feels like a little bit too much of a tipped hand. Uh, one thing I did have as a note on Gargano's promo, he mentioned that he didn't get to debut in front of fifteen thousand people, like in <clears throat> the working universe, like. Did Cole really get to? Like, I feel like that was always supposed to be more of a, oh, he came out of nowhere. He was not supposed to be here. Like, that was the one sort of, like, thing that stuck at me. But that might just be a minor uh, deal. Yeah. Because that was the very end of three, right? Uh, Yeah, that was Brooklyn three. McIntyre beats Rude. And then, yeah, yeah, him, Fish, and O'Reilly come out. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so that was a minor thing. Uh, It's going to be Gargano versus all of Undisputed Era. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, um, I would say they should probably look into the Kyrie and Shayna matches from late last year, like yeah. um, at Evolution and then War Games. Well, actually, no, Brooklyn, they didn't have the uh, interference, and that was where Kyrie won it, wasn't it? Yeah, that was the yeah, first yeah. match. The second match, Evolution, and then the third match was the two out of three falls match at War Games. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. They did it right in those matches. So, yeah, I think you're right. They would be good to look at those. Um, yeah. And those are some of the best, like, sub 12 minute matches you're going to find, those last two. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, um, then we get Vanessa Bourne and Aaliyah versus Lacey Lane and Casey Catanzaro. So, I don't know what it is, but every single time I see Aaliyah, I'm like, did she, like, improve her physique? And the answer is no. She just looks like that. So why do yeah. I keep getting stunned by the fact that she is like all abs and everything? Whatever. She's been in NXT for five years too. Like I don't know if there's anything that should really surprise us at this point, except for theme music because that changes pretty regularly. But like <laughs> she was in NXT, I'm pretty sure before Izzy could read, and she's still oh, coming out here. Man. <laughs> Yo. <laughs> so, um. I mean, she's been doing this Versace gimmick now for a few months, at least, like, since the end of last year. And it at least, like, this is... At least she's on steady ground, and she's in this bad tag team with Vanessa, and they're not good, but, like, they're not supposed to be good. They're just meant to just be, you know, shenanigans. Born and bougie. What a name. Oh, yeah. Um... <laughs> Can we just call them Ali and Vanessa? I'm not. I'm not. I, I don't want to do that. I don't want to. I don't. Can it's we not? So terrible. <laughs> so, so then out comes what looks like Scorpion's little, little daughter, and it's Lacey Lane. For those that have never seen her, um, she was one of the darlings of the of last year's NX. Or sorry, um, last year's May Young Classic. And then her teammate is another darling from last year's Mayon Classic, Casey Catanzaro. And then I immediately think, like, 
They would make a great tag team. I'd love to see them fight Sasha and Bailey. Please keep them the fuck away from Tamina and Nia and the Iconics. I just want to see. The, I want to see them versus like the Sky Pirates or hell, even against Jessamine and Marina. Yeah. Like, sure, bring yeah, up the no, tag. I'm, like these girls are good. Like you don't have that go long. Like they can handle that. I've seen okay. them in ma- short matches. They can do that. And they and they're very here for this tag team for sure. Right. So even if good. Even if Lacey and Casey is a little bit too rhyming names for me, but that's like a small detail. Uh, note I had on this segment. Uh, actually, that comes after the match. We can get to that later. I mean, this uh, is smalls. Like, oh, yeah, uh, it was a quick. It was a quick yeah, it's a smalls. Like they have Casey and or they have Lacey in the ring. Casey's on the apron the whole time. They're going back and forth. Uh, Casey or Lacey's able to get her uh, her Ray Phoenix rope jumping in type rope being spot in and for arm drag and then all of a sudden out comes Shada, Marina and Jessamine, Vanessa and uh, Aaliyah got that ass whooped by those three before they see them and it's like Omar's coming we gotta <laughs> go um, uh, so then they uh, those three hit the ring and they beat the hell out of um, Lacey and then they start to beat the hell like Casey, Casey mounts a little comeback and then Shayna uh Finally, he's able to slap on the uh, coquina clutch. I'm sorry, the carefoot the clutch. Drastically different move. Come on. Yeah, yeah. Rear naked chokes, they're so different. So Such variation. Oh, yeah. Such a distinction. So, I mean, the one thing I will say, the crowd was pretty hot for Casey's comeback. Like, I, for somebody that is not on TV a ton, like, they were into it, which I, I guess, like, that's... I would have to say this was her first. This this was her in Lacey's NXT debut, like on TV. Yeah, I think I want to say it is. I mean, yeah, I'm sure somebody will yell at us online about it not being, but uh, for I the mean, time being, <laughs> my thing is if they debut. Okay, so I've been watching. I've watched every single episode of NXT since Brooklyn, uh, Brooklyn Four. So yeah, I same. I never saw either one of them. So yeah, definitely unless they like, debuted like before Brooklyn. After the after the Mae Young Classic for a spot or two, I I don't know why, but unless that's the case, they this is their debut, both of them. Yeah, yeah. So their debut too. Yeah, I mean they they immediately got heat on them and like oh, Shayna, yeah. Shayna. I think you said it the other night. She's getting every bit of heat back that she lost after taking those pins after Phoenix. Yes, that's as I was about to say. Like she, you know. <sighs> She had a she was visually beaten um in Phoenix. She yeah. got pinned by EO in that six woman tag. There may have been one more, I'm not sure. But like between um I think it was last week or two weeks ago when uh she laid out Bianca, EO, and Kyrie. Oh yeah. This um next week is Bianca versus Kyrie. You just know that's gonna get fucked with. So Oh yeah. She's very much on the comeback tour. My question yeah. is, at this point, because I feel like she's had like pretty consistent heat for what two years now. Coming um, up on she no, it's been about eighteen months, something 18 like that. Months? Okay, yeah, because yeah. I know she had the what was it the match against Ember at the Rumble, but like I just where is she on the list of like NXT women's competitors? Because I feel like there's that untouchable three of like Oscar, Sasha, Bailey, but like after that, I feel like there's a discussion. Um. I throw Charlotte in that in that top four. In that top tier. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, yeah, that's fair. Because you know she, for me, the first match that gets me into, for me, because I, I can, I mean, but yeah. 
the first match, the first like great takeover match for the women was the match versus Natalia with Brett yeah. and Rick at ringside. Like right. the M, like the Emma and Paige match is really good, and at the time it was like that's the best women's match I've seen at WWE like in my watching two, two and a half three years of fandom. Yeah. Um, and then just you know the by the very next takeover they jumped it all the way to like a damn four star match between Natty and, oh, yeah. and Charlotte. And it was yeah. like, yo, uh I remember the time like the Charlotte's only that? had like X number of matches or X number of appearances on the network TV. Like she's a fucking like she's gonna be like, you know, the woman Brock Lesnar or whatever yeah. else. And then um, you know, you go from there, um, where you have all of the the four way match and yeah. the development of uh the Sasha and Becky match and, you know, all the other matches between those four, um, Oscar as, as a dominant champ, um, Ember as a great challenger, but kind of a lame duck champ um, between um, Oscar and Shayna. Yeah, I feel like Ember came around at a bad time, like to get to win the belt. Like you were never gonna have a better run than Oscar had with it, and then like, like they tried, but yeah, I mean, they did especially because I was at the Orlando show. Um, yeah. The, I'm sorry, I think it was called, was it called NXT or TakeOver Orlando or NXT TakeOver Florida? But anyway, it was basically yeah. WrestleMania weekend, WrestleMania 33. The goofy and, looking sunshine logo. Yeah. So they had that great match and then in the middle of the match, like they turn, they tried to turn Oscar heel. Ain't nobody yeah. trying to boo no damn Oscar. No. So, Dude, I'm talking um, about this point. Yeah. So, then you get to Brooklyn, they have another great match and, yeah. Asuka ended up getting her in that. She relinquishes the belt, and then she's moving on to the main roster. Um, and then they have the, I think it was a four-way? Yeah, it was four-way. It was, uh, let's see. Hold on a sec. Okay, it was Ember, Kyrie, uh, Nikki Cross, and Peyton Royce? I believe, so. right? yeah. Yeah, I believe so, yeah. Yeah, that's a wild time that uh, Peyton Royce was almost NXT Women's Champ. Yikes. <laughs> Yikes. So... <laughs> So then she wins, and then immediately is you know you have Shayna coming in, and Shayna's you know just rear naked choking everybody in everybody the locker room, and um, the only person that stand is up is standing up to her is um, Ember. Ember gets a gets a sneak win on her, and the next yeah, match she, she rolled gets, the she rolled the choke back into the flash pin, didn't she? Right, yeah. and you notice that like Shayna has learned about getting rolled up, rolled over in that situation as opposed to oh, yeah. Joe's dumbass who keeps getting <laughs> while getting while in it, in an advantage with the choke. It's so, like WWE writers use like the Seinfeld rule of no hugging and no learning. Like Samoa Joe will never learn to not get rolled up when he's choking somebody. Okay. I think you're giving WWE far too much credit <laughs> for the no learning and no hugging situation. I think the case is that, they're be- they're not as good booker as Triple H when he gets to tape all of his shows like three or four in a row and have continuity and he can't be fickle and change his mind from week to week like yeah so anyway um yeah, yeah so he's like yeah let's um let's not give Charlotte any W's until it's time for us to change our mind and give her something yeah. like it's so funny that. I'm sorry, I'm getting on this space, but no, like, no, it's, no it's so funny that people were talking about uh, Charlotte and how they were defending her inclusion in the storyline by saying that 
she's in in a cheap way and they're not explaining it to yeah. get heat by saying that see she doesn't deserve it. she's she's just getting shit and then like those people that are in that bag it's like okay so how do you explain now that they're a week out now she's a fucking champion and yeah. she's beat like the person that beat uh Becky yeah no it makes no sense at all it's almost as if you were wrong and they're just doing shit <laughs> yeah no they're throwing darts at a wall yeah. There is no sort of rhyme or reason to it yeah. at this point. Yeah, so going back to it, yeah, I'd probably put Shane in. A, she'd be top, she'd be top four, top five. Yeah, like, I feel like all time. current, like, as currently run, I feel like that's where she probably yeah. falls in. Like, I think week to week she's a better heel and does better heel work than Charlotte did, but I think that Charlotte's matches, um, I think Charlotte's matches were better. Um, yeah, no, I think that's fair. Like, take over to, per, to take over. Yeah. Um, a lot of, um, like she's just a better athlete than Shayna is at this point in her life. Yeah, no, that I think is very true too. I mean, Charles is super athlete at this point. Yeah. Uh, so what do we have next? We have Riddle versus Kona. Oh, yeah. 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 Okay. The one so, week I uh, drop on the pod, of course, there's a Kona Reeves match. Yeah. This is the second time we've seen him in months. Um, so <laughs> Riddle comes out, Kona comes out. They're about to have a match. Uh, I'm thinking this is going to be just like. Big knee, pin, no. Yeah. Um, like the uh, the Trent Seven match that Riddle had in progress. Yeah, something like that. So anyway, uh, Riddle's whooping that ass, and then um, out comes Velveteen Dream on a, and he's getting pushed. <laughs> he's getting pushed along the top of the ramp uh, on the entrance from by with two women are pushing him on while he's on a sofa, and he's got a he's got what I will call. Uh, for a family-friendly presentation, I will say is a chalice, um, and he's sipping from the chalice, and it distracts uh, Riddle. Kona gets a little gets in a near fall. Uh, Riddle then proceeds to beat that ass with uh, strikes. I was thinking he was going to uh, make him submit the strikes like how he did uh, Ono at I believe that was Phoenix. Um, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, he then slaps on the bro mission and gets and gets a submission victory. And then Riddle walks up to Dream, and then he slap he pulls the mic out of his hand and says, um, "See you at, I believe he says, see you at uh, New York, bro." And then he takes the chalice, <laughs> and proceeds to drink out of it, and then uh, throws it to the ground. And Dream is just uh, he feels disrespected. That's the best he is way taking him back. Like he <laughs> he is so much like. Obviously, he's doing all the 80s and 90s cosplay, but, like, yeah. he is doing so much rock work where, like, rock used to be, like, the biggest, the biggest, like, uh, what's the word, hot dog, hot dogging asshole. And oh, then, yeah. like, when somebody, like, decides to meet that level of disrespect, he can't, like, he can dish it out, but he cannot take it. And he's just like, wait a second, what are you doing <laughs> with my cup? How dare you? <laughs> How dare you, sir? I'm going to whoop your ass in, in New York. Um, it just, it just, it's so fun. Uh, it really so, is. So then from there we end up getting, uh, we end up getting Alistair or Black and Shade versus the Forgotten Sons for the final of the uh, Dust Rose Classic. Winner goes to NXT Takeover New York to wrestle the uh, War Raiders for the NXT Tag Titles. I don't, yeah. The Warriors have yeah. not had a match since Phoenix. I uh, yeah, don't no, have know not had if them. that's a good, if that was a good idea. I don't know. Probably wasn't. I will say, uh, watching the entrances for this match was hilarious because you can <laughs> see 
you can see which team was the two like huge name indie wrestlers from around the world that WWE needed under their payroll. And then you can see the three guys that were sitting in developmental that we threw together to see if this stuck. Uh, Wait. Not to... to Wait, you mean to tell me that Wesley Blake isn't like... Doesn't exude the same star power and aura that uh, Aleister Black raising up from smoke like the damn Undertaker or Ricochet with laser beams shooting all around him like he's like he's a fucking superhero. You mean to tell me it's not the same thing? It doesn't exude the same like presence? No. For the listeners at home, I'm gonna need you all to sit down while I say this. He does not. Oh wow. Yeah. <laughs> uh, another note I had on this match. Uh, first of all, they're listing Aleister Black at two fifteen, which. <laughs> I'm not sure about that one, Chief. He's uh, like 215 the same way CM Punk was like 215 or 217 yeah. or whatever the hell they were. It's like, look, man, you ain't got a lot of these people to wait. We don't yeah. care. Like, Only people that cool. care about he weather. Like... Smoke under the lights. Like, just bring him up. He can be 180. Yes. Probably is. Uh, also, Jackson Riker being shirtless despite not wrestling. Like, I don't know what the deal was, but. I mean,. He did so little around the ringside during this match. It is like I gotta do something to pop the crowd. Like, <laughs> had to show um, sweet back tattoos. Yeah, like he uh, he did the same thing. I think in the first round of the tournament against uh, Lorkin and Birch. He did, yeah. Yeah. So um, just Might you know. another thing about him that I always find interesting is like he looks like normal sized. And then he takes off the vest robe uh, deal, and then all of a sudden he looks like fucking Batista, like from yeah. two, from he's like two thousand eight. All of a sudden, it's like all of a sudden, where did that come from? Yes, that's exactly <laughs> what I'm thinking. Like wh- what? All right, so um, I don't know if you want to run through this match. It was I thought it was a oh, great yeah, match. I thought it was yeah, like no, it was four, four and a quarter. Um, I think that the Forgotten Sons like. They showed that like they can it's kinda like the Bo Dallas thing, like they can keep up with these stars and yeah, they've got we can, something. Yeah. Like, I know I mean I'm not gonna speak on Jackson Riker's singles matches, but I think no. I had kinda <laughs> heavens no. But uh I don't know, like I had kind of written them off a little bit up until mm-hmm. this tournament and I think no, they definitely did show that they've got something in the tank when yeah. when they need to turn it up, they've got it. Yeah, like they might turn themselves into like the new revival not saying they're going to be as good at revival but they could be they could be the new like we do the southern hill wrestling style and like we're talented enough to make it work like yeah um like blake i mean you had blake and murphy like they were great then back then so then you throw in like cutler and cutler is like almost like okay it's disrespect because they're in the same brand but like He's trying his best to try to be Roddy Strong <laughs> with all the all the back work and backbreakers and stuff and creative ways to do it. But obviously he's not him, but like because he can't strike like that. But like that yeah. that's what kind of what he's going for. And like oh, yeah. it's it's a it's a nice it's a nice in ring um outfit. Now oh, yeah. um as far as the packaging and whatever they're trying to do as their gimmick, like it it never hit and it's not no. hitting now and I don't think it's ever going to hit unless like you you know get these dudes like a legitimate push and I don't mean like they're going to be cannon fodder in uh, for the real stars to go on to yeah. um, the the takeover um, yeah like I think they need a feud like need a real feud with uh, street profits like they had that yeah. match on the pre show for Phoenix and it was hot and they got their W. They probably need to continue that because, like, they actually had something in um, that pre-show match. 
Oh yeah, no, I mean there was there was a point. What was it like? I want to say it was last summer, where you had like undisputed era and whoever they were feuding with. I think it was mm-hmm. Mustang down at the time. Then you had like the mighty or at the time I think they were the mighty Lorcan yep. and Burke Street Profits. Right. Like you and had, it was over. Yeah, we're stealing their chains. Like, <laughs> what an outrageous feud! But yeah, no, you had like four teams that could just cycle between each other and it's like, oh right, yeah, we're not challenging for the titles, but there's going to be a multiple episode long story here. And like, you're going to get matches that actually mean something. So yeah, I think they could definitely use that. Yeah, definitely. Uh, but yeah, cause they did do a, like a few things during this match that I was like, Oh, okay. That haven't seen that before. That was pretty cool. I think they yeah. did. There's like a lung blower elbow drop combo that. Yeah. That's off to them. I did not think they were going to pull that out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I think it's something to be said that like, they they had good matches in the tournament. Like that first episode where you had the first round of DIY versus Undisputed, um, Ricochet and Alistair Black versus ooh, I can't remember who it was. Um, was that the no? Who was okay? Hang on a sec. I can't remember who it was, but anyway, it was like um, it had Mustache Mountain versus Street Profits. That match was great. You had Onion Birch versus. Uh, Forgotten Sons. I can't remember who who this eighth team. DIY versus O'Reilly and Fish was a round one matchup, and then it was right. uh, Eichner and Bartel. That's right, like, Eichner Bartel and Bartel versus uh, Ricochet and um, Alistair Black. Like, yeah, they all those all three of those matches are all on the same scale, all between like three and a quarter to four, maybe four and a quarter. Like, yeah. all, all those things are all four of them were just you know. Just all in place, boom, 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 boom. Yeah. So, um, then you get this match, and it's like they have something in the ring, but like they're gonna have to. I think they're really gonna have to go the revival route of just like we're interchangeable, more yeah. or less. And, you don't have to know which you know, one of us is which. Like right. we both have long hair and beards. Right. But we we're gonna rust our ass off. And we're gonna get heat and oh, yeah. um. You know, one day or or another, they're, you know, they're going to get the top spot as heels, and they're just going to be over everyone, winning through um, disgusting means and getting heat. Now, as far like, obviously, they're not going to be the promos that, or at least I don't think they're going to be the promos that um, Dash and um, Wilder were. But no, I can't imagine they will be. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. A lot of time. Yeah. So that's the end of the show, man. Um, All right. Thanks for coming through. Uh, do you want to do plugs? Uh, no, to be honest, I got nothing. Um, <laughs> nothing. Which I, I mean, that was. You not even gonna plug your Twitter, or your social oh, media? Yeah. Uh, let's see. So uh, I'm on Twitter at the real big Tom ninety eight. I made that handle when I was a freshman in high school, so it is corny. Uh, my official Twitter name is the Macho Man Blandy Average. Um, <laughs> My Instagram is at Gambo9898, and that's about it from that uh, from that angle. Okay. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so <laughs> you killed it, so that's the end of the show. Um, uh, be sure to rate us on whatever app you're using to listen to this. Tell the folk about Social Suplex Podcast Network. Be sure to check out our friends at powerslam.tv, the sponsor for the show. If you're a fan of independent pro wrestling, they have over 4,000 hours of footage from all over the world. You can use the code social suplex to get your free month's trial. 
Don't forget to visit ProWrestlingTees.com slash Social Suplex and pick up some Social Suplex Podcast Network merchandise. Be sure to check on our other shows from Social Suplex Podcast Network. On Sundays, we have One Nation Radio. On Mondays until April 1st, we have the Omega Luke Wrestling Podcast. On Tuesdays, we have Keeping It Strong Style. On Wednesdays, we have the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Podcast. And on every other Wednesday, we have Grown Men Wash This Shit it's again on um, Thursdays we until April 1st we have still the Omega Luke Wrestling Podcast. On Fridays we have this show, NXT Then Now Forever. And on Saturdays we have All Things Elite. Thanks for listening. Later.